Hey everybody, Luke McElroy from the Mess Performance Society. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Joined today with Tyler and Nick. Uh, today we're going to talk about the benefits of sweat testing. We've seen a couple of the elites do some sweat testing recently. Um, so I'll throw it to Tyler now just to give an overview of what he's, what he's seen and then sort of how we can use that information to improve performance. So, it's an overview, mate. <laughs> what um, we seen? Lionel, right, Lionel was the first one back in Feb now. We did a big, you might, if you saw it on social media and YouTube, did a big basically a testing camp, more so than a training camp over in Kona. Um, they did lactate testing, they did metabolic testing. You might have seen him out there with a portable mask on, on the Queen K going at, at race pace, measuring oxygen consumption, lactate, um, so all those things we're doing here. And sweat rate, so they're doing sweat rate in the swim, which is something that's possibly neglected a bit, an hour, an hour of swimming, so uh, he had some issues. If you watch that video, you probably picked up that he got out and said to his coach, oh, I weed three times or something, so it's going to make it pretty hard yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> work out how much you actually lost in sweat. Um, but they did bike. They did. They did the first half of the bike course. They did the second half of the bike course. They did the whole run course broken up, and they did pre and post weights. They did uh, sodium patches, and they were also doing lactate and uh, metabolic as well as some indoor lab testing. Um, I'm sure you'll come to specifics, but they got ragged on pretty heavily for being there in February, which is notoriously cooler and less humid than. October, so whether those numbers would be relevant or not. That was which a Kona is, in Hawaii. Yep, yep. which has uh, turned quite uh, in his favour now that Kona has actually been moved to mm. February. Uh, anyway, um, what else did we see? We saw the Charles Barclays doing VO2 testing, so Lucy and Reese are in the lab with masks on. I think they're at a university, weren't they? Something in the yeah, UK, UK. Doing VO2 max testing there. And then we saw Sebastian Kinlay go out. Uh, and do because there was no races set up the full race set up race wheels tri suit aero helmet do a 120k time trial um, which he did in about less than three hours from memory um, but with sweat patches on again so sodium um, from that I'm not sure if they were doing body weight or they were just focused on the sodium so I don't know there might have been some more I've forgotten about if you've seen some others let us know yeah I mean in terms of in terms of the, the sweat testing Nick do you want to sort of just roll through um, I guess the difference between sweat rate and sodium loss and, and how you might measure one or the other yep. um, because I think what the pros have done here is quite good by doing it in a specific environment. Um, so just roll through maybe how, how we go about it but then yeah. maybe the ideal situation as well. Yeah, so the, the, the main difference is sweat loss or, or how much fluid you've lost if, you, if you're looking at that, sweat, sweat rate. It's just we're, we're not concerned about what's in that, it's just how much fluid have you lost. So it's fluid out, fluid in essentially. Then you can plan, all right, am I taking two bottles with me on the bike? Am I gonna pick up an extra? We're just understanding how, how quickly you're losing fluid. Um, that's very dependent on conditions. So if we do it in the lab here and we have nice conditions at 24 degrees, we can pump the heaters up, we can do it at 28 to ideally make it more specific. But it's the type of thing you can, you can probably get away with doing that part of it by itself as a field test. And that's what all these athletes are doing, going out, riding on the Queen K, measuring, measuring their body weight beforehand, measuring how much fluid they're taking in to factor, factor how much fluid they put back into their body and then measuring themselves at the end. It's gonna give them how much fluid they're losing per hour, per half an hour, however long, whatever time period they wanna measure in. Um, it's the, it's I guess the components of, of sweat or the analysis of what is actually coming out of that, that fluid um, where we're looking at things like, specifically sodium's the big one that everyone typically looks at, but electrolytes in general. Um, that can only really be done by taking a sample analyzing it and seeing what's actually within within that so i guess main part of doing a lab-based version it's a lot more practical and easy to have patches on when you're on a stationary bike 
I think, did Kinlay have like arm sleeves over the top of his patches to just hold them on? Um, so that can be a bit of a factor. If you've got more air rushing past, you can dry out the patches a little bit. So do we get a bit more of a, uh, a more concentrated sample because there's less fluid in it? Yeah. Or my dilute sample in our case, so we don't have the patches drying as much. So, um, but that's more where we're looking at, yeah, what, what sodium you're losing. So when we're replacing it, are we just aiming to take on more water? Are we aiming to take on some sort of electrolyte-based drink? Um, can we get a small amount of electrolytes or do you have to use from a drink base and then use some, something like a salt tablet or a supplement? version to boost up we're losing high amounts of sodium um, so they're the two main things you're looking at when we're looking for a, a sweat perspective but the the sweat rate so how much fluid you're losing per hour is the key one that's changing with conditions i mean you do a yeah. test in a lab at 22 degrees then you go racing kona uh, in september october it's going to be a very different um, amount of fluid that you're losing in your body um, or even the example of if you go Plenty of athletes down here in Melbourne who will go up and race cans usually middle of the year, but mm. will go and do, like you're thinking about doing bus at the end of the year, you train all through winter, probably pretty low sweat rates, and then you go and race in a hot condition. That's where it doesn't make much sense to just take your data from cool conditions here. You've you got to test it in the environment to be as accurate and specific as possible. Yeah, so from a physiological standpoint, there's two, two things we're looking for. We're looking for the, the sodium concentration and, and the sweat rate, which is the total sweat loss. Now, the, the sodium concentration is easy. You can do that anywhere. You can do it in here. You can do it with, as long as you've got the sweat patches and the ability to, to, yeah. to measure the sodium concentration in that sweat. It doesn't matter whether you do it in the lab, whether you do it outside, whatever it is. Just sweat enough to get those patches yeah. drenched and then, then go put it through the test analyzer and come up with that yeah. sodium number, the concentration per, per litre or whatever you want to come up with. And then when it comes to the sweat rate stuff, in theory, again, in theory you can do it in the lab, but what, what you can't do in the lab, so we can do the temperature, we can do the humidity even, we could, we could do that, but, but the thing that I find really difficult to do is, is the airflow, like how windy is it? Yeah. And that's going to change day to day. Running may be a little bit more accurate on the bike. Like, you know, Depending you on the speed you're doing as well, just cutting through the air is going to give you any breeze versus like, we could chuck the fan on, but the fan at what, what speed three exactly blast right. that you hear is very different to you riding at 35 or maybe 40 k's now when it's isolated speed. too like it's yeah. not hitting it's just hitting your whole body it's not, it's not flowing over yeah. and put, pulling that heat with you yeah. and sometimes on the sweat test you might be, be topless whereas you can't yeah. be topless in a race yeah. So I guess what we're saying is that, the, 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 so our goal for sweat testing is basically we want to get the sodium concentration number so get enough sweat on those patches that we can say, oh, this is how much sodium you're losing per litre. Yep. And then you go out and you just weigh yourself before and after and go out and do <clears throat> an hour or two hour specific session in the climate that you're going to be in. Yep. So let's say if you're going to go race, it's going to be hard for Kona, but um, let's say you're going to race in Cairns, for example. Uh, pretty humid up there anyway. But try to yep. find a day which is going to have similar humidity, similar temperature. Go out and do your hour or your two hours or your three hour um, training session. Your sweat, sorry, your sodium numbers won't change Quickly. All right, so they will change through acclimatization, but we're not talking about, you know, they shouldn't change too much unless you significantly change the climate that you're in. So if you go from, from Melbourne to Cairns, for example, but you just go up five days before the race, your sodium numbers are going to be the same. Your sweat rate will go up because it's more hot and more humid, that sort of stuff. Um, where your sodium numbers actually change is, is through acclimatization. So going over to Kona for 14 days prior, training in those conditions, and what that adaptation will be is your, your sweat rate will increase, so you're gonna sweat more, lose more fluid, but less sodium. So you're conserving that sodium you've got so you don't cramp and all that sort of stuff, but you sweat more because the body, as we know, loses you know, 70, 80% of our heat load through through sweating. So, we, so sweating is really, really important. So what it means for for athletes is that, I, 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 I would generally, someone comes in that they're gonna do a sweat rate test, a sodium test straight away, just so we get a baseline measure. That's gonna be partly genetic and partly 
the, the climate it's in right now. It's raining yeah. outside at the moment, middle of, middle of winter in Melbourne, yeah. and sweat rate's not going to be very high. But then you'd also do it, you know, you know, ideally probably two weeks before a race, um, depending if you're in a climate or not. So going back to, to using Kona as the example, so you said that, who was it, Kinlay, or was it? Sanders. Sanders did it in February. Yep, in Hawaii in February, yep. Yeah, and the difference in climate, what, not as hot, not as humid, compared to... October, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so... Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of issues brought up. Was well, wrong time of year. A, B is that when it comes to Ironman World Championships, like you just said, he is probably going to go to Hawaii a month out. Yeah. So he's he's going to have that acclimatization period, but he's going to change everything again. So yeah. that's that's going to be different. Um, but yeah, I guess if you've got an understanding of how it might change, a sort of trend that might happen, and you've got something to work off at least. Um, and yeah, I guess, yeah, that, it's better than nothing, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more specific than doing it somewhere else, but I guess, yeah, nobody, I imagine nobody listening to the podcast is going to jump over to, yeah, jump over to Hawaii in February just to do it. Like, it's kind of a case of, it shouldn't affect your sodium numbers instantaneously. What would be interesting is if you did it day one and then you did it day 14 to see if that changed. It doesn't matter what, even if it's, you know, if it's a different climate to what he's used to, it's still going to be hot and humid over in Kona regardless of the time of year. If you go to a different climate, do it day one versus day 14, you'd expect to have different numbers. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say to, to the guys at home is, is that you can definitely get a, a hydration strategy based on a, on a sodium test. Um, the, the two key points are trying to, to determine sweat rate being a, keeping that as specific to race day requirements as possible. And that's as simple as, all right, if I'm doing Kona, this is, look at the last five years of the race and this is the average uh, humidity, and this is the average temperature, and yeah. trying to find the duck, whether it's a simulated environment, jumping in the sh uh, in your bathroom and turning Don't on the hot tap and getting the humidity up and all that sort of stuff, or whether it's just finding a day that's similar um, similar conditions in Melbourne or wherever, you, wherever you're watching from, or you could even be going over there 14 days prior or, you know, do a proper session and get an accurate sweat rate. And then the sodium concentration, so that's going to be pretty consistent, uh, consistent year-round if you're not moving climate. So you're staying in Melbourne, for example, it's staying the same. But it will change in about a 14-day acclimatization period if you go to a significantly different climate. So you go to Cairns and you only go two days before it, whatever you tested in Melbourne is going to be what it is. If you go over to Cairns 14 or 21 days, then it's going to change a little bit. But it's just about finding that timing. So it's interesting that the pros, you know, we talk about pros doing 1% of stuff, like that, they're prepared to do all that. Um, but it just goes to show, like, it's such a, like, endurance performance is such a dynamic thing that, you know, you, your numbers could be almost, not, not irrelevant in 14 days, but they, they could be significantly changed. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's something that it's, it's beneficial, but it's, it's it's as much art and feel as it is science as well. Yeah. You've got to get the numbers and then you've got to yeah. adapt. How, how much sweat are you losing? And then the, the issue with a lot of people is like, oh, okay, I'm losing 1.7 litres per hour or something silly like that. Like, you're not going to be able to put 1.7 litres back in. You're always going to be running at some sort of loss. And then it's like, well, how do we minimise that deficit over the course of a five-hour, five-and-a-half-hour bike, for example, in Kona where you're running running pretty low? Like... There's only so much fluid you can take with you. There's only so much you can pick up on course. How much you can actually stomach and get down? Like, how do you? How do you then? That that's the art of it. Is like, how do you balance the numbers of it versus what is actually practical to take in a race? It's the same nutrition. 
it's all very well to talk about like 90 grams per hour is the ideal and maximum that humans can sort of absorb but if you can only run off 60 grams per hour before your guts start to feel no good yeah and even like different absorption rates and that's why we say you just weigh yourself before and after but then if you go to the toilet three times in a swim that's yeah. going to totally well, you, you, change, not, yeah, you can't measure that, that yeah. volume so it doesn't work yeah I guess the key when people come in and we do our sweat testing here is that we can give a sodium number which is going to be yep. accurate for all intents unless you go and do your, your three week training it's going, that may change but and I guess our aim is to educate on how to do your field test yeah get, exactly right you know we would usually do a sweat rate in here knowing, that, as an example, knowing yeah. that it's not really going to be specific to anything but sort of getting that understanding of um, you know, how do you take drink bottles into account? Because you, you know you can drink during it as long as you you weigh those pre and post. Right. Going to the toilet, you want to avoid oh, yeah. in a field test unless and if any of you have or go and watch Lionel's video, he did pee into a cup during yeah, the sessions and then it. take that yeah. into account pre and post. So you know there are ways to do that depending on the lengths that you want to go to. Um, but yeah, we we would think we can give people a pretty good accurate sodium number. Yeah. We can hopefully educate on how to do your own field tests on your sweat rate in the most specific conditions and at race intensity and over a longer period of time and um, work with those to come up with what is going to be a hopefully a pretty good, pretty accurate strategy. We'll know that probably better than what's yep. been guessing or just going off what the back of the Gatorade bottle says. Yep, yep. And then maybe Nick, just to sort of move in towards wrapping up. When we talk about dehydration and effect on performance, like what, what sort of numbers are we looking at to stay... Within, so to say we're hydrated, like, yeah. what, what are we trying to avoid? Um, the main one, particularly for like a lot of the stuff is around shorter distance, but in terms of like if you're at a, what they call 2% dehydrated state, so you can think about that as like you've lost 2% of your body weight essentially because on a single day you're not going to lose mass, you're not going to lose fat mass or muscle, you'll lose a lot of fluid. Yeah. Um, so if you lose 2% of your body weight in fluid, um, it's enough to knock off about 9% of performance at FTP, which for long course racing you're not going to be racing at FTP, but we scale it down, it's, it's still a significant percentage of performance loss just by a hydration factor. Um, we're not talking about anything else fatiguing us or losing fuel or anything like that or not training properly into the race. It's like if you go into something slightly dehydrated, it's going to stack up. And we, you can imagine how dehydrated you potentially get by the end of a race. Like I know at Ironman, you have to weigh in before and after the race as a precaution anyway. Um, I've had guys come in before and they weigh themselves and they're like, oh, I'm feeling really like on the weigh-in day, day before the race, they're light, they're lighter than they normally are. They're like, oh, good race weight's down. They perform horribly. It's like, well, it's probably the fact that you're maybe one and a half kilos dehydrated. Yeah. Something like Busso, you go over, spend a couple of hours on a plane where it's a pretty sort of perfect environment for dehydration. It's a cool environment. You don't feel like you need to drink as much. Um, you go over in hot conditions, you still don't feel like you have to drink as much. Then you get to race day and you, you're dehydrated. Even if it's only, I know we're not talking about FTP and sort of 9% losses, but if we're at even like a 4% loss in performance accumulated over nine, nine and a half, ten hours, it's going to be a pretty significant chunk of time that you're losing out on. Mm. So it can be quite a significant effect um, and anyone who's sort of experienced dehydration in a race is going to know how much it sucks. Yeah, dehydration affects you at all. I still remember a study where it started at 1K, like a 1K effort, as, flat, as, as hard as you can go, but even that was down by about four or five seconds from yep. 1K. So if you extend that over... A prolonged period of time, yeah. dehydration is hours, is obviously not not only is it going to impact performance, and you talk about cramping and all that other stuff with, yeah. a, with an electrolyte imbalance, and two percent body weight. That means if not if you're eighty kilos, that's only one point six kilos. That's not not yeah. that much. Mm, it's um, not a lot. Not that much at all. And, and most people, you know, you come to an environment, you probably can't be 
five, maybe. You're if you want three to five to seven feet, I go, realistically. Yeah. Have you ever done that, Ty? Have you ever weighed yourself before another? It's a lot, because it's a, particularly, like, does anybody do a PB at Kona? I don't, I don't remember they do, but not really, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a rare percentage, isn't it? It's yeah. like, it's not everyone's doing PB, so it's... Yeah, it's a pretty flat course, isn't it? Mm. Up and down. Whatever. Bike looks tough. There you go, you know I've ever been over there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, because your PB is what, just like 8, 15 something? 902. Oh, 902. Lucky, like, it's not that good. And what, did you, what was your best at Kona? 930. 30, 30, I think mid 30s, 930, yeah. 935 or something ish. Yeah, so it has that effect. Mm. Um, yeah, that's where we need to go into in terms of sweat. We'll do a future podcast talking about, talking about the other type of things that people are doing. But um, I think in, sum, in summary of, of doing your. Talking about sweat. So, two things you want you want your sweat rate and you want your sodium concentration. Sodium concentration is just get the patches on, get it tested. And then your, your sweat rate is going to be dynamic depending on the temperature, the humidity, the wind, speed, that sort of stuff. So you want to find a day which is which is uh, going to be closely correlated to what you expect race day to be. Go out and do your hour, do your two hours, whatever. Weigh yourself before and after. If you take bottles, that's fine. Just weigh yourself with the bottles before it and weigh yourself with the bottles after it and just don't refill them in between. Try not to go to the don't try. Don't go to the toilet. We need to find exactly how much weight you're losing. One kilo is one liter of fluid, really simply put. Um, you don't want to be more than 2% dehydrated, so that means if you're 80 kilos, don't go down by 1.6, otherwise that's going to significantly, you know, 9% or significantly uh, decrease your performance. And um, I think that's a good summary for today. Yeah, weigh yourself ideally with minimal clothing because that's going to absorb fluid as well. Yep. You weigh yourself with socks on before and afterwards, your socks are going to carry... It yeah. It's probably not you're a lot, but still you, weighing that fluid that you've technically lost. Yeah, it's absorbed into your socks, so it's, it's not like when you're standing on the scales, it's just like yeah, it's if you're at home, I'd be getting in that naked. birthday suit before yeah. and yeah. after, and yeah. totally naked before yeah. and after after Ideally. you walked everything off, find exactly yeah. what you're losing, and then from there, from there, you don't want to if you're extreme, you want to tear, you got to tear because you yeah, just if you're only trying to get that, you've got nice accurate scales, yeah, all that fluid that's those sweat droplets sitting all over you, get rid of them, they're Absolutely. gone now, yeah. you've lost them. And then it's just a case of, um, you know, once, you, once you've once you got that number, is, you can put a, a good hydration plan together and it's just a, it's a combination of trying to get the fluid in and the concentration of sodium and electrolytes that you need in that. Um, but obviously understanding that, you know, most people wouldn't be able to stomach three litres an hour if it's really hot, for example, you have a big sweat rate. So you've got the... You've got the um, the, the fluid that you drink and then trying to try to keep that absorption high which is where companies like prep and that sort of stuff are trying to keep the absorption yeah. high in the stomach so that you, that you yeah. maybe you only lose half your fluid internally as opposed to, to all of it so um, it's all part of sports science it's all part of trying to you know slowly but surely optimize performance um, you, you, it'll never be a, a, an exact number that you're going to hit all the time. It's going to yeah. be fairly dynamic, but you can get pretty close by taking care of some of these things. Uh, any questions, please let us know. Otherwise, we'll see you in the next episode.